let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and it's our penultimate snippet, mate. Oh, no, and people will be wailing and there's gnashing of teeth going on. Or a round of applause, depending on your point of view. Yes, yes. Just, just, just two more of these shorter shows left uh, before we revert back to our normal fortnightly um, setup and shows. And we reckon they'll be a little bit longer when we go back to fortnightly, don't we? I can't see how they won't be, Steve. Two weeks catching up, a bit of extra news. You know how it is. But maybe don't necessarily expect the two-hour ones, though. First beer is already in glass this evening. Uh, we are once again enjoying some beers from Wiper and True. These were part of the pack that the folks at Wiper and True sent to us a few weeks back when we did their new mixed fermentation releases. Uh, they were quite generous in terms of the other beers that they put in. They put a few yeah. core range in and also another new release, um, which is the beer we're about to try, which is their Munich Lager, York Street Hells. Um, it comes in at 4.7%, um, I think we should give it a go and, and then we can chat about the beer. Well, definitely. It does look very inviting in the glass. So cheers, Steve. Cheers. That hits the spot. It's crisp. It's, it's, it's a very full beer. Um, there's a lot of, there, there is quite a decent amount of that bready malt character going on. It's definitely a very, British English hells. Um, I would say it shares some characteristics with, uh, you know, the, some of the utopian beers we've had, Steve. To be honest, absolutely. I think I think you nailed it there in terms of, in terms of the body. I think the word I was looking for as I was drinking it was its depth. There's there's a lot of depth of flavour in there. Yeah, and it's still going. And I'm still going on as well. There's a, a slight dry bite to it at the end as well just reading the notes that they kindly sent to us on it's their take on a traditional munich style lager lager it's inspired by their german head brewer and his time becoming a master brewer at world renowned beer institution domens a crisp dry lager with subtle herbal aromas the smooth malt flavor is mellow into gentle restrained bitterness making for a deliciously easy drinking beer and given it's sub five percent as well you could definitely crack a few of these yeah, you can you can absolutely see why they've released something like this in the summer, because it is a it is a perfect perfect summer drinking beer. Oh, definitely, and it's it's definitely not a beer that I would associate with Wiper and True either. Um, you know, it's 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 not out there. It is a good quality, well made lager. Yeah, I, I could drink plenty of that. I really could. Yeah, well, uh, I think you're about halfway through your your four forty can already, aren't you, Steve? I, I am, yeah. I, th- I think I think I need to do some talking, don't I? Otherwise, I'm just going to sit. I'm just going to sit back and drink it while you talk, mate. Um, let's let's dive straight into uh, Alberia Adventures. What what have you been up to uh, this this last week or so, mate? Well, by the time I finish my one adventure, hopefully you won't finish that that beer, Steve. People, listeners may have remembered that uh, a couple of years ago, the pub nearest me, where I live in South Essex, uh, sadly burnt down, uh, the Bull in Hockley, and they were due to reopen literally the Friday of the official lockdown back in March. So obviously that all got shelved until the 4th of July. So literally you could see the place, you could see through the windows, it had all been done up and it's a listed building as well. So they spent a long time and presumably quite no small sum of money to get it done up, 
And then they obviously have to change part of those plans because of the social distancing measures they then had to put in place as well. Um, I went over there for a meal, uh, not as one of the eat out to help out. I just found a lot of places are just too busy at the moment, Monday to Friday. Um, so we went on a Thursday, it's a three minute walk from the house. Um, it's a chef and brewer, so it's a standard pub fare, but it's, it's good, it's good grub. Uh, father-in-law was, paying, was footing the bill. So, you know, I was quite happy with that. Uh, but they had uh, three cask lines on, chef and brewer owned by Green King. So they had speckled hen, and Green King IPA. So I'd sort of gone over there thinking, okay, fine. It's an evening out. It's a meal. I'm not paying for it. I'll have a dry night. Um, and then they had, uh, I noticed they had said Allstall Tribute on. And I had a pint of it. And then I had about another seven. <laughs> it was, I've never tasted it better. And, it, and that includes at uh, the, the brewery in St. Allstall. It, it, it was either a combination of the cellarman ship at the pub, the beer itself, the sweet spot of having it when it's on cask, but it was going down so, so smoothly, so easily. Um, the only reason I stopped drinking it is because we had a, we were sitting outside in the end and there was a massive thunderstorm. So it literally got drenched. Um, and you can't just rush inside because, you know, you have, you have to have a table. So three minute walk back home, but it was tasting so good. And it, I, it was, I think it's one of those things as well. I hadn't had much cask, obviously the best part of five months i'd only been to the i've only been to a, the pub a few times and all of them have been cask led pubs so it was really really good and i'm really hoping that uh, they continue having a guest on the bar fine lots of other people like speckled hen and like green king ipa i'm just not one of them so give me an alternative which i really enjoy and they look after and serve well i'll be up for that so that's really the only thing I've done out because I was going to visit uh, my parents recently and my dad's been in hospital. So I was taking a bit of a break from, I was trying to minimise the places I was going to. So my one beery out adventure, but I did drink probably two nights worth of beer while I was there. You gave it a good go. I gave it a good <laughs> go, yes. Well, what about your good self? Um, I've uh, had a few trips out, actually. A um, couple of weeks back, uh, didn't really get a chance to talk about this last week because we were, we, we were too far into just chatting and having a good time with, with Wayne and Janice. But a couple of weeks back, I went uh, back to the Vic for, for the first time in, in, in Colchester. Um, and, and I've got to say, it was, it was a lovely evening. Um, the, the measures that they've put in place uh, have been done really, really well. Um, they've taken the opportunity to give the, the place a bit of a lick of paint, a bit of a tidy up. They've bought in some new furniture. They've moved things around. They've, they've made a few more spaces between the tables, um, which, is, which, which allows a lot more movement around in, inside the, the, the Vic because it is, we've always said this, it's quite tight, isn't it? Moving, yeah. moving around, but there's a lot more space now. Um, you're, you're, you're kind of met on entering by one, one, one of the team who sort of take, ask you if you've been before, ask you to use the hand sanitizer, take you through what guidelines they've got in place, walk you through them, tell you how you're going to get your beer, where, where you order it from, where it's served to, where you collect it, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, and then you just take your table, you sit down and, and, and you enjoy your beer, really. It's as, it's as simple as that. And it was, it was nice to see that uh, we were in there on a Thursday night. They've got slightly reduced hours now. They're only opening, I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
Um, they were, Rich was talking about doing a Wednesday evening as well. Um, and it was nice to see that on a Thursday evening, it was relatively busy in, in there as well from, cause we got in there from opening at four. Um, and there was a steady flow of people coming, coming through the door. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's good to see, but if you know, if they're going to go to all that trouble, I mean, I was confident that people would go back to the Vic. Uh, people who know the Vic would go back to the Vic. Um, it's, I mean, I presume they've got rid of like those couple of sofas in yeah. the corner. So that would get, that, get, that brings it a nice bit of space there as well. So it really opens it up. It, yeah. When, when you come in, it really opens up that entry. Um, and it makes it feel a lot brighter in there as well. It really, it really feels more open just by that simple thing of getting rid of those, those, those two old sofas. Yeah. Uh, I, I can, I can, I can picture that being a lot more open and feeling a bit brighter as well. And, and some of it is perception, isn't it? How it feels. Yeah. What was the, um, curious to know, what was the drink selection like? Um, for cast taps, uh, one of them being the ambassador, um, brown owl, which, which was the first pint I went for because I know as, as well being, um, the landlord's, favoured tipple and and that he's from Yorkshire I know that one served for the sparkler so I wanted to make sure I had a, a proper pint of cask ale uh, on, on my as my first beer so that that was that was tasty enough um, it's you know it's, it's never gonna blow anyone away that beer but if you want a solid brown ale that's that's easy to drink it's 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 entirely sessionable it really is um, yeah, we've, we've had it a few times in there and it was yeah. also I think it was the beer we were sampling when we did the whole conversation about uh, sparklers or not. So, so I enjoyed that. Um, and then I've, I've got to be honest. And then it became a bit of a challenge to, to find something to, to drink because the, the other cask lines were, were, were fairly similar. That um, there was a, there was another brown owl and there was a, there was a couple of sort of pale owls on. Um, and then their three craft taps, they had, an 8.5% double IPA, 6.5% stout, and then a 7.5%, I think it was another brown ale. And that there was there was nothing that was just that, that cold, fizzy, 4.5-5% sessionable range that, bearing in mind this was still when it was quite humid a few weeks back, that there was nothing that I... I could have just smashed pints off, you know, like if there had been a, there'd been a Colonel Palau at five, 5.2, 5.5%, I could have happily stayed on that all evening. But as, as it was, it, it very quickly became a bit of a challenge to find something that was sessionable that I wanted to drink over and over again. Yeah. So that's almost like those, and those are the ones that they generally do in halves or two thirds, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's what, what they'd call their craft taps. Really. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you're almost looking at a couple of those beers. You'd say, all right, those are the ones I'm going to go for at the end, or I'll have one of those and then I'm done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've seen it a few times in there myself. I mean, obviously, there's been a few times when they get the lineup for me. is like, bang on. They'll have that little bit of a range. They'll have a, a, big, a big stout, maybe uh, some, something fruity. But, yeah, they'll have, they'll have that sparkly pale ale that you're looking for as well or once you've come away from the cask lines you'll just have to go back again steve to, to see how they're doing 
I, I, well, I will. I will continue this research and I'll, I'll continue I to be thorough about it because um, I know that's what our listeners want. Also been out, uh, went out again in Colchester. I actually went to a couple of different places uh, this time because Emma and I were looking to, to find, have some something to eat and a bit of a different experience than just, just sat in the Vic sort of thing. So, Rich, Rich don't listen to this bit. Don't listen to it. <laughs> Um, we ended up in the in the Three Wise Monkeys, which is probably it's probably fair to say that it's probably the craftiest place in Colchester. That's exactly the phrase I was going to use in in terms of its beer selection. But I, I specifically wanted to go in there because the night before I had seen them post something on Facebook that they had a beer on from uh, the White Hag Brewery in in, in Ireland uh, called Black Sow, which was a nitro coffee milk stout, and I was like, I I want that. I, I need that, so we booked a we booked a slot to to go and and, and sit in, in in the monkeys again. That was quite easy to do because they've got an app. So we just went onto the app. We booked a start time, finish time, and obviously it collects all your details through the app as as well yeah. that way. Uh, got there. Not only did they have that on, but they had a Colonel Palau on um, that was like five and a half percent, and I I had that first and absolutely smashed my way through it. It was it was delicious. It's that's that's. I think I sat there at the time and said, this is my first pint of um, kernel from like draft kernel since I went to their tap room in January. And it, it, it just tasted absolutely delicious. But the absolute star of the show was this black sow. It was, it was just amazing. It was uh, coffee through and through. It was like drinking um, espresso basically in, in in a glass of really smooth espresso it had a lovely sweetness to it uh, a lovely hint of vanilla on the end um and i had a couple of pints of that and i i was actually really enjoying it to the point where our the finish time had come up it was time for us to leave so i said to the server i said is there any chance we can extend our, our book and he was like no mate we're fully booked until half nine now so to say that I left in, in a little bit of a sulk is, is, is an understatement because I was really enjoying that beer and I just wanted more of it. Um, but unfortunately, we, we had to leave. But it's, it's good to see the system that they're running there uh, again. Uh, but the problem there is they've got two entrances and the, the main entrance has got almost like a reception desk that you now come to, you check in and then you're shown a table. However, the other entrance, which is actually on the high street, people are still just coming in there, that one. They're walking in and they're, taking, they're, they're just walking straight to a table and sitting down. And it's like, well, how do you know, how do you know you've got enough tables if you've got walk-ins as well? So if you've got someone that's actually reserved a table and, and they come in and actually you don't have that table because somebody's just walked in through the other door and sat down, who do you ask to leave? The, the that, person, should be a, that should be a no entrance door now. That should be an exit. It, it, it absolutely should, yeah. It, the, bulk, it, the bulk of the seating's in the two floors upstairs anyway. And that door to the high street leads straight to the stairs. So there isn't any way anyone can, can police that properly. No, I totally agree. It, it, should, it should just be the one entrance now. So yeah. Hopefully that's something that they'll, they'll pick up on or other, maybe someone else will have mentioned as well. I mean, ironically, that, I mean, it's far, with Three Wise Monkeys, is definitely a Green King-involved place isn't it it is yeah because they have the they have the east coast ipa on yeah. as, as like a permanent line yeah and they do have a few cask beers but it's definitely their tap their keg selection which is the ones that usually draw my attention in when i go there yeah well we've we've been in there before for a, a magic rock tap takeover yeah 
And they were they had a cracking selection that day. Just just one more tiny beery adventure from me. Uh, we we also had a uh, Emma and I went away for an, an, a night in Suffolk uh, to a little place called the White Horse in in, in Baddenham, um, which like a fairly local little pub. Uh, for anybody who wants a, an idea geographically where it is, it's about two miles away from Framlingham, which is um, where there's a castle, and that's the, the the castle that was made famous by the Ed Sheeran song. So the castle on the hill is is in Framlingham, um, but. Uh, number one fan, Sean, um, suggested we go to the White Horse for like food after we had visited Framlingham. And we did that quite a few weeks back. And while we were there, we noticed they had some like little, what they called shepherd's huts in the garden that you could stay in. Uh, and lovely little accommodation. We, so we, went and, we went and stayed for the night. We had some food in the pub and, and, and drank some of their, their, their local offerings. And, and then the following day, we actually met up with Sean for, for a spot of lunch uh, at a place called the Theberton Lion. Um, which is over by Sizewell, which is where the, the nuclear plants are. Um, so there was a lovely glow in the sky <laughs> as, as, as we sat and had our, had our lunch. Um, but there was, uh, they had, of all places to find it, they had a Neen Valley beer on. It was, it was like an IPA that, that, and they had it on keg. As, as well so I sort of had a pint of that in my lunch and it was it was nice enough and it was it was nice to catch up with Sean as well and, and have a spot of lunch with him oh so, lovely really nice that yeah I mean it's, it's a lovely part of the world as well and I saw your pictures and um the outside bit and the little bits of accommodation but and the pictures you showed of it look really nice I mean I think you could easily stay there for a couple of nights you, you could you could absolutely stay there for a couple of nights you've got everything that you need in the huts um, the only thing I would say was that, that they're focused on making the huts look so nice inside and so welcoming that what they've kind of missed out is there's there's nowhere to actually sit inside your hut there's plenty of seating outside like and on they've got like a veranda a patio area that you can sit on but they didn't there's no chairs or table or anything inside all you've got to sit on is the bed and when, when we were there the evening was really quite blowy so so we wanted to be inside really and we couldn't because we had nowhere to sit it's amazing isn't it i can always find something to moan about even <laughs> even on the, the the best of experiences the best of adventures of course uh, I, can, it, I can still would, find something to bitch about it would be you mate it wouldn't be you if we if we didn't have that um no that sounds like you've had a couple of uh, two or three two or three nice days nights out there mate yeah, just been um, sort of making use of probably what's, you know, heading towards the last of the summer now. Now, I'm almost at the end of my beer, so I want to try and get through the news uh, before I finish, finish this off uh, and move on to something else. So let, let's try and get through this fairly quickly. First up this week, finally, Camera have decided to support the petition um, for a review of the um, small brewers relief uh, policy that's been announced. Um, they finally came out and tweeted on, on the 21st of August that um, they're now supporting that and they're encouraging their members to do so. Um, and today, as we recalled, they've also written to the government to, to ask them to rethink the tax changes that will affect the small brewers. So in a letter to the um, Exchequer Secretary to the Treasury, uh, Cameras Chairman and Chief Executive have laid out their concerns over the move to reduce the level of of production at which small brewers relieved the full level of tax relief. Um, why did it take them so long to, to come out and support this? That's, that's the question that I have. I, 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 you know, I, I, I agree because I, they, we'd already 
spoken about the fact that they've, they'd actually been quite keen for their member branches not to really get involved. They were going to have a bit of a study. Um, but this tweet just sort of suddenly appeared. I don't know what, ha what happened in between. What happened from like three weeks ago when they said they weren't getting involved to now suddenly saying, sign the petition. The only upside I can see is that it's given the small brewer's duty relief tax a bit of another push. It's, back, it's pushed into the people's consciousness again. Obviously, camera do, uh, there are a lot of different people who follow camera versus maybe some of the other craftier independent brewers. So it will have given it a push. But what, what changed their mind? What, what new information came along? I'd, I'd like to know that as well, because if, if you think about it, it's, it is one of these .gov petitions. It, it's reached the number it needed to, to, to reach for the government to acknowledge that the petition exists. But it's, it's got to get to something like 100,000 signatures before it can be discussed before it can be discussed in parliament so if every camera member signed that 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 would smash through that hundred thousand wouldn't it Eas yeah, easily they say between 190,000 200,000 camera members so given that it already got a fair amount of signatures surely even if only every other member signed it um you know you, they talk about having the membership we spoke about camera a few weeks ago about what do they do with these numbers it's a consumer association, isn't it? One of the single largest consumer associations. Use it. But I still, I'm still really curious about what changed. What, what yeah. moved them from their initial standpoint of basically, let's wait and see. And I'm not saying whether that was right or wrong, but then what, what steps happened in between for them to go, just put that tweet out. There's no, I'm a camera member. I haven't seen anything from them that's changed their original thinking. So... I'm curious. I mean, I think it's good. Like I said, it gives it another push. Use that consumer power they've got. But uh, they're just a frustrating organisation at times. Oh, very much so. Uh, frustrating, I think, being kind yeah, as, but well, as, as, as well. We were speaking about it before we went uh, started recording. They're doing a virtual GBBF, but they're doing it like five weeks after when GBBF would have happened. I'm, I'm curious to know why they didn't hold it at the same time. It would have made more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe not yeah. for the full five days, but condense it into the two or three days, but around about the same time as GBBF. I, I'm sure there's a logic from someone somewhere, but it's not like they didn't cancel the event quite, uh, quite quickly. That event was cancelled really early on in the lockdown process, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. they say it's a six-month organising anyway. So, yeah, although I still think camera have made certain strides in the right direction i still don't think they're that dynamic no and, and i think this is this has proved that um like like i say they just it's good it's great that they're supporting it now that's that, that's fantastic and hopefully we, we, we'll see an increase in the number of people signing the petition um and we will just um encourage our listeners as, as well if you've not already signed that petition it literally takes 30 seconds of your time to, to go onto the .gov website and and to add your signature we'll put a link in the show notes so you can click through and and, and do that if you've not had a chance to do it yet definitely Next up in the news, uh, BrewDog uh, announced this past weekend that they're now carbon negative. Uh, this is part of their BrewDog Tomorrow campaign. BrewDog have basically said that they're now, for as much carbon as they emit, they're now removing twice that much 
from from the air in terms of the the, the production of of their beers, which is presumably the carbon negative phrase. It's not something you hear very often, is it? No, it's no, abs- absolutely not. Um, they are to support this. They've actually bought just over two thousand acres of land in the Scottish Highlands. Um, which they are going to, within that, they're going to create 1,500 acres of broadleaf native woodlands and an ecosystem um, that will sit them within this Woodland Carbon Code accreditation program. Um, And they're going to look to plant over 1 million trees on, on that plot of land to create what will become Brewdog's Forest. I think it sounds excellent. I mean, you know, again, we, we've, we've talked about Brewdog in glowing terms and derisory terms over the years. And, um, you know, I, there will be cynics about this. Don't get me wrong, because all big companies, and let's be honest, it, within the our beer world, Brewdog are pretty sizable, have a, and we spoke about it before, have a sustainable goal. And yes, that sustainable goal also plays well with investors. But that doesn't stop it being a good thing either um so i would say again we'll i think we'll, we'll hammer them when they're being asses um but when they do something well i think they should be applauded and uh, this on the face of it sounds like a pretty good thing to me i, I think so and, and and like you say i think i think it's actually made national news as well because they were on sky news today talking about it as well so you know oh, were they really yeah hats hats off to them for doing this and, and for achieving this and i think it's i think it's great what they're doing i really do yeah it's a cost it's a yeah. cost to them and they yeah. are still doing it so well done but i don't think that's the only brew dog news we've got steve it's it's not and we've, we've got to mention this because <laughs> last week a picture emerged on 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 twitter um of a, a beer that was called anti-establishment ipa it was placed basically in a blue can. It looked it looked very much like a punk can, but it had a logo on it that looked like it was four pure. Oh, and it, someone called it was it Matt, the bastard love child of four pure and Brewdog. Yeah, and um, this this is obviously that the folks at Audi uh, again have no shame when <laughs> have no shame when it comes to to, to cop, basically copying mainstream brands so so this was their their version essentially of punk ipa um and answer the percentage yes yeah it was exactly the same percent <laughs> and and then so in in response to this brewdog in their in their normal manner um replied by mocking up a, a can that, that looked like essentially the Audi logo. Um, and they called it Aud IPA, um, which after, after a number of different names, that's the one they settled on, um, which they're now going to actually brew. Um, and Audi actually got in touch with them and said, we'd be interested in stocking that. <laughs> so it's, it's been great to see the banter between these two organisations go, going on. But what's also happened is... Tesco have now waded in and said, well, we want to stock that as well. And I'm, that really pisses me off because this, this is a joke between Brewdog and, and, and Audi. And I think Brewdog should stock it in Audi 
but exclusively in Audi because it's, it's their joke. It's yeah. got nothing to do with Tesco. All Tesco want to do is try and undermine Audi yeah. what they're doing with their current advertising campaign. They've got no need to be stocking this beer. No, just leave it alone. And also, I'm not being funny, you go into Tesco, you're not going to buy something that looks like it's from Audi. No. Exactly. Bonkers. Now, now, there were a lot of people saying, oh, Brewdog have probably just done all this and they've probably brewed it for Audi and it's a, it's a big marketing thing. We can say pretty 100% that we know that Marsden's have brewed that beer for, for Audi, the anti-establishment IPA, because we've got sources that, 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 that tell us where these beers are brewed. Um, so, so we know that beer was brewed by Marsden. So all the conspiracy theory that's out there that says that, oh, well, actually, Brewdog have just brewed this for them. But they didn't. It was, it was done by Marsden's. But I, I genuinely want to see this beer appear in, 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 in Audi. I think, I think you, you know, they've, they've done something. They've, they've been called out for it. They've been challenged on it, and they've actually risen, risen back yeah. up to that challenge. You know, it was um, it could easily have got out of hand. Let's be honest. Um, four pure could also have waded in because it did look remarkably like a four pure font and symbolism on it. More so, um, they're old. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, they're old branding, yeah. um, and that probably wasn't, uh, you know, not on purpose. Choosing the old branding, perhaps as well. But I liked the fact that it went a bit back and forth, didn't get out of hand, and somehow, basically, a beer deal has been worked out from Brewdog to supply Audi with some beer. And then, yeah, Tesco jumping in, look, you've got your own very good beer selection. You've always had some Brewdog selection. You don't need this other Brewdog beer, but they're doing exclusively for Audi. Just leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the fun of it. And it was me, one me of those too. things where... Yeah. I think maybe there may also have been a little bit of begrudging respect from James Watts at Brewdog of what Aldi had done, because it's not like Brewdog don't sail close to the wind a few times themselves. So maybe there was a little bit of begrudging respect there. Um, there was a bit of frivolity, a bit of banter, and a beer contract. Yeah. <laughs> Quite like it. And it was, it, was, it was a lovely distraction for 24, 48 hours on, on, on Twitter. Well, as, as, as and well. it was also it was also a pleasant distraction. Yeah, like you say, it wasn't. Um, there was nothing heated, um, apart from a few conspiracy theorists out there. Um, but who doesn't like a good conspiracy theory at the best of times? So yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was definitely one of those popcorn moments, which which was nice to watch, with a nice outcome. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what 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 happens as as, as well with that. And obviously, if it uh, being being a big fan of Audi myself if if and when it appears in there i shall certainly be buying some to try and with that uh, that's that's the end of the news at, actually um during that i have managed to finish my the end of the beer as well um what was it called again york street hells yeah um uh, apologies for that it was it's was, it was quite a because because the, the branding the, the word munich lager sticks out more than the actual name of the beer oh, my thoughts are much the same on it as well i mean it was uh, all i could have done with it is that it's staying colder um, yes it's, it's a bit of a warmish evening i mean it's not roasting like it has been over previous weeks perhaps but it's still fairly decent temperature it did start to warm up and obviously we were trying to hold back to get to the end of the news steve was still some of it in glass um i enjoyed it i think it was a it was a nice example of the style and again it's great that some of these breweries are turning their hand to producing some some, some good quality lagers out there it's definitely been a good year for lager in the in, the, in britain 
Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, and much like yourself, I've, I've not really got much more to add to, to my tasting notes on it e- either. It's just really, really easy, really drinkable. Um, and, and on a very hot day, you could, you could easily drink a few of those. And with that, we're going to move on to this evening's second beer. Once again, from Wiper and True, this is a bit of a classic of theirs, I, I would say. This is their milkshake milk stout. I would agree with that statement. It's, it's a beer that if I was put on the spot and had to name a beer from Wiper and True, that I'd, it probably would have might, might maybe one of my first examples of Wiper and True. Maybe been in the beer bods box years ago. Um, I would put it up there, probably one of my first examples of a, a milkshake, milkshake t- titled beer. Yes, yeah, and this has been around for a few years because I, yeah. I went back through my untapped and the first time I had this was in 2015. Yeah, I reckon I'm going to be 2014 or 2015 for the first time having it as well. I mean, um, before we speak any more about it, shall we uh, tuck in? Yeah, let's, let's give it a try. Cheers. Cheers. Now, that is delicious, isn't it? It's so balanced. Yeah, and it's, um, it's light for a beer which has the phrase milkshake in it it's actually quite light body it's yeah. not really thick and cloying loads of those uh chocolate coffee notes coming through though as well um that is so, so i've forgotten how easy to drink that was and it's um 5.6 percent as well mm. it's um I, I totally agree with you on the on the chocolate notes it's it's like a really it, it's more like a milk chocolate it, it's got the sweetness of a milk yeah. chocolate rather than the bitterness of a of, of a dark chocolate. Um, the roasted notes are ever so subtle in in there, um, and then again you get this lovely sweetness on 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 the finish. Uh, a little bit of vanilla in it as well, but like you say, it's very very light, very very easy to drink. Uh, actually, twenty sixteen was the first time I had it at the Leighton Orient Supporters Bar. So there must have, so I've, I've had it presumably on cask or tap of some kind then. Leighton Orient's a very cask driven pub or bar for the supporters. Um, I mean, it's described as um, it's brewed with sugar from cow's milk to give the beer a sweet, creamy tone. Milkshake com- combines copious chocolate malts laced with vanilla and cacao to create a luxurious, milkshake-rich and satisfying dark beer. I said the only thing probably which is not sitting that comfortably in the title is that it probably just isn't as thick as a milkshake as people might expect it to be. Mm. Yeah, I think that they do like an imperial version of this as well. I think called, is it called Hard Shake? Or I want to say it's called Hard Shake. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, but I do think it's a, a beautifully balanced beer that has got the sweetness level just in about the right place. And I think it was a really good shout from you, Steve. Rather than a lot of those dark chocolate notes we've mentioned before, this is definitely in the milk chocolate range. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's one that is also in danger of not staying in the glass for very long. So I reckon we should probably crack on with the rest of the show. Which brings us to this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. Which was, when visiting a pub with friends these days, do you still buy rounds? Um, we had 442 votes. of people said yes, 15.2% of people said no. Uh, Some of the comments this week uh, from Gavin Hutsby at Sir Gawain, 82. 
kinda. My first trip to a pub after lockdown, we split the tab via card, so yeah, kinda. Of course, if things were totally back to normal, then yeah, I'd be doing rounds the old fashioned way. From Charlie Hyde and Potts at Charlie HP 1980. Yes, perhaps more so given electronic payment only table service and apps to order from your table. From Simon Clark at Simon Carbon. I've only been back to the pub four times and then it's just been me and Vicky, so I haven't had the opportunity for rounds. But to be honest, I find the whole concept of rounds a bit archaic in a modern beer, non-pint world. Chicken dipper at Graham Salander. Only been a couple of times and we've split the bill, so I guess that's a yes. Like Simon, I find rounds very restrictive in the age of craft beer. I like the way table service and card payments have made things easier. From Andrew at Station. I was recently present at the dawning of the concept of rounds, where three youngsters realised that if one of them bought all the drinks, the others could reciprocate next time. Fair made me teary. And then from the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady, yep, always. Unless I'm out with folk who are sharing bottles of wine, then I'll fly solo. From Sarah Clark at Lundoon Hammer. It depends how many people and who they are. And from Sean O'Reilly, the aforementioned number one fan, Uncrulia. It rather depends on which pub and which friends. And that was the case pre-COVID anyway. I've been to the pub with friends twice recently, once with my son, and both, both times we did rounds. From Dr. Goggles at Burnt Engel, I've never really been a fan of rounds because you can't drink at your own pace. A friend drinks really fast and I've had a few messy nights trying to keep up with him. And then finally from John Moore at The Beer Idiot, never been one for doing rounds at the pub, at least on purpose. I'll always get my friends a drink back if they've got me one, but it's quite rare that I'll stick to one drink for the evening. And I don't want to be that guy that asks somebody for a £7 half. <laughs> That 14 or 15 pound pint of beer. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's just a snapshot from, from, from all of the comments that, that, that we had. We, we, we can't always feature all of the comments and there is uh, a link to that question in the show notes if you want to go through and, and have a look at all the comments that were made on this one. Um, what's your view on, on, on this one, mate? I think my view about rounds is much the same pre-post-COVID. Partly it does depend who I'm out with. So... If it's lunchtime drinks, a group of guys who we do regularly, we will do lunchtime drinks maybe once a month on a Friday, there'll be rounds. Um, and yes, sometimes, you know, you can get the wrong bit, the wrong round or the wrong timing, but you know that that one's coming back anyway. Um, if I'm out in a big group, such as say when we did the stag weekend, I think we had pockets of people who were basically having kitties, so to speak. So I suppose that's the equivalent now of divvying up the tab and paying by card. So you pretty much end up paying an equal share of the day. Um, but equally, it depends who you're with. If there's a big group of us, I may just fall into a round with one or two people because I know those are the people who are going to be in a similar sort of pace and range of drinks as well. So as far as I'm concerned, it's fluid. I don't think... It has to be uh, one thing or the other. It will depend where I am, who I'm with, perhaps even just my mood. Or if I say that I'm only going to be staying for a couple, I might say, don't worry about it, I'll just get my own, rather than get stuck into a round. Because sometimes then I feel bad if people have bought me a drink and I'm leaving. Mm. So it's just trying to find the balance, isn't it? Yeah. Do, do you think that the, 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 the changes to the way that pubs and bars operate now has 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 changed that the way people might 
perceived buy-in rounds or, or, or do you think like some of the comments have said that it's it's actually made it easier i think i mean i i think that if you're splitting the bill you're not buying rounds i think that's more the kitty because everyone then is paying roughly the same amount almost regardless of what you bought and regardless of how many times you've gone to the bar and say gone to the bar in inverted commas almost um i think potentially it could do i mean it obviously changes a couple of things one you're probably less likely to be saying to the person uh, serving you, have one yourself. You're probably not. And as we discussed before about the cash thing, cashless, cashless pubs, tipping, that's a bit of a different situation when it's just cards. Um, but yeah, I think maybe people, and also, and this is the other bit, it doesn't always feel like money. Um, so some people may actually say, no, no, it's all right. I'll get this one. Uh, and you slap the phone down or you do the card on the machine and suddenly you know, 25 pounds, 30 pounds come out of your account. And you haven't really thought about it quite so much because it's not cash. Um, but yeah, I think like a lot of things, there's a few habits here to stay and a few new routines probably that won't go away. And a lot of people seem to quite enjoy the um, table service and ordering from apps and stuff like that as well. What about you? Are you, uh, you know, obviously I know that if we were out for a day, we'd be buying each other drinks. It would just be mm -hmm. a, a natural occurrence, but if you're in different company or larger groups, what's your sort of way of doing it? I, th I, th I think for me, it very much depends on, on the company that, that, that I'm in. And, and it might be, uh, this, this might be a bit of a combination of, of, of some of the comments that, that, that have been made as well. It's, so, so if I'm, I suppose if I'm with a group of like-minded beery people that I, I, I know are, are generally going to be sticking to the same drinks, then, then I'm quite happy, quite happy to jump in. Uh, on on the rounds although I, I don't generally like to get in on a round if there's like loads of people involved be, because inevitably you, you you do end up somebody's always going to end up with the most expensive first the, the, round the monster round yeah well, sometimes actually it might be round two or three because that first round there's only four or five of you then the latecomers turn up and then yeah. suddenly you've got peak rounds and there's like two or three rounds which are peak yeah. before people start drifting off yeah but i will I, I will always try and buy somebody back a drink if they've bought me one um yeah. regardless of whether i'm in a round or not I, I i suppose my my issue tends to be is if i'm if i'm suddenly in a round and somebody jumps from the and, it, and it's it's my round and somebody suddenly jumps from the five pound pint to the eight quid gin and tonic or the the seven pound half it's like, oh, hang on a minute, where did that come from? Sort, yeah. sort, sort of thing. Uh, we've um, all had, we've all had that. It's, you know, like back in the day when you knew you had to finish drinking at eleven o'clock or something, and suddenly whoever's buying that last round, it's a load of shorts as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I get I get that completely, Steve. I get get that completely. I mean, it's different if you all suddenly like when you were on the stag weekend, the little group you were with doing your kitty uh, in the grapes. I think you all decided to go for gin and tonic. Yeah, but that was a group. That was a group decision. Yeah, we we, we all decided at that point that's what we were going to do, and I, I don't mind that. I mean, I I don't, I, I I'm I'm not against rounds, you know, far from it. Um, but I, I think I, I think there just does, does have to be a bit of a sensible approach to, to to buying rounds. And actually, if it's going to start getting a bit silly, then maybe as a group you have to make a call as to whether or not. Well, actually, maybe we call it here and we just get our own drinks sort of thing yeah and that's why I quite, i've always quite liked the idea of the kitty you know you start off the day 10 20 quid 
see how it takes you. Generally, most people are maybe having similar sort of drinks. We've got, we've got a couple of friends, Steve, who are part of the bottle share, who tend to only drink halves a lot of the time. So they would probably take a slightly different approach with their, their round buying as well. And that's fine. You just accept it. I think the whole principle around probably isn't quite as hardwired as it used to be. Um, and I love that comment from Andrew about the dawning of the concept of rounds, because let's face it, I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than being stuck in a queue behind people. And I'm thinking pre COVID at the bar where there's five of them and they all do a single drink order. Yeah. It's like, for fuck's sake, come on. This is taking ages because you're doing one drink per person. So it means one transaction, one card payment, one cash payment. This is taking ages. Will you move on? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely understand that as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I, I did enjoy reading the comments um, about the, do you still buy rounds? Um, and I think for maybe a different generation, it will get less and less as well as people discover different drinks um because you know the concept of buying rounds it pretty much everyone was having the same beer not just the same size beer it was probably the same beer yeah a lot of the time four or five pints of whatever isn't it yeah Yeah. and there's four or five of you and therefore once you're at the end of it that's it it's done or you're gonna do the whole lot again you know very rare well i'll tell you what though you always remember it by our our age we've always we know someone in our past who was around dodger or will nurse that last 5% of their beer in their pint glass. Because they don't until, want to be the next one. Until someone else goes, who wants a drink? Yeah. And then suddenly it's finished and they're ready to have a drink. Yeah. Or they'll go, oh, I was just about to get them. And then oh, but I've got to go next. So everyone has met around Dodger. And out of all the approaches, which have been discussed tonight, that's the worst one. Yeah. And, and also remember folks, if you are ordering around, help your bar staff out. If somebody's ordered a Guinness in your round, tell the bar staff first that they, you want a Guinness so they can get <laughs> that one going while they're taking the rest of your order. Yeah. Yeah. Always a good idea. It was a top tip there, Steve. Top tip. Yeah. Just, you, you know, a, a font of useless information. Mate. Um, but as, as always, like you say, there were, there were some great comments that, that, that we didn't get to read out this week. Uh, if you want to continue to get involved in that discussion, use the hashtag opinions uh, and we'll find you and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. First up this week uh, from Steve Longdon at Steve underscore Longdon. Uh, And this is in relation to me mentioning um, on the, I think it was the Battersea Rye Beer on on last week's show, uh, the WGV hop, which I hadn't heard of. Uh, Steve clarified that that hop is actually the Whitbread Goldings variety. It was basically just shortened. Yeah, never heard of it. I mean, mean, Goldings, obviously, we've heard of. But it must have been a particular varietal that only Whitbread had a contract for, perhaps, in the yeah. days gone by. Um, but yeah, interesting. Intre- we love facts. Yeah, We love but it I, when other people give us facts. I do. I love it when we get little snippets like that. Um, <laughs> from Richard Taylor at Richard Taylor 698. Great snippet again and great to hear from the Irish beer snobs. Personally, I can't wait for the longer shows to return. More news, more beer chat and more more on um i hope there are still a few rants from yourselves but not about the c word i do love a good rant now and again i've no idea what c word he might be referring to but you know we have a real code of conduct here we never use that c word oh not not that one no but no. We, we do use the other one yes we do use <laughs> the other one and, and we always try to use the camera inverted commas 
with it as well. From Paulie G at Can I Get a P. Always good to hear from the snobs. Definitely missing, missing being around Janice, Wayne and Steve eating dirty fried chicken and drinking impy stouts at silly times of the day. I feel there's a reference to a previous indie man going on there from Paul. Yeah. Would I be right? Yeah, there was a year where Paul, uh, Wayne, Janice and myself, we basically hired a house in Manchester uh, that was just around the corner from Victoria Baths and did as many sessions as we could as as an indie man and, and then just going back to the house and sleeping it off. Brilliant. It sounds like a good plan, to be fair. Um, from your boy, Rob Edwards, at Rob underscore Edwards 90. Fantastic rant from Wayne on supporting local. Spot on. And finally, from Gareth at Barrel Age Leeds. Good show this week. Good to hear Irish beer snobs are both doing well too. A lot of love for the beer snobs. A lot of love for the beer snobs. A lot less love for us. Exactly. Yeah, so it'll be another three years before we get Wayne and Janice on again, I reckon. Yeah. I've, mate, I, th- I think people are coming to get, have got to the point where they've just had enough of us on a <laughs> weekly basis. There's been, well, there's been enough Stephen Martin. Then they go and do other people's podcasts. Then they go and appear on the radio. That's enough. No yeah. more. Stop, stop now. Stop now. <laughs> Yeah. polluting the airwaves you two yeah. uh you haven't got long to wait folks just just, two, <laughs> just 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 two more weeks and then we're back to fortnightly don't worry uh and then we've got a couple of questions this this week as well questions questions fill my head so first up from paul at unrcd obviously uh if you had to choose beers to drink from only one brewery for the rest of time which brewery would you choose i think i would have to go for colonel brewery for their range of quality beers on balance, I can't think of anyone else that I would go for if it was the only brewery I could drink from for exactly the same reason as Paul said. Okay, so you're going for Colonel? I'd go for Colonel. Okay, well, I'm going for Thornbridge. That would have been in my... If we'd done a top three or top five? Yeah. Then Thornbridge would have been in there as well. Just, just so I can drink... If, 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 I, if I can only drink from that brewery for the rest of time, I can drink dry pour forever. Would love to hear from our listeners on, on that one, which, which yeah. would be the brewery that, that you would choose if you could only drink uh, one forevermore. The other question is from Ian Hay at II Hay. Given how many brewers you know, and if you got the chance to do a beer o'clock show collab, what beer would it be and who with? And who do your Twitter followers think it should be? So a two-part question here. Um, I, I think I'm going to speak on both of our behalves <laughs> and say I think we would brew a West Coast IPA. I, would f- I was actually toying between two types of IPA. Oh, okay. What, what's the other type? Black. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, good shout. And if we were going to do a black IPA, there's only one brewer we could do that with. That would be elusive, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have to be Mr. Parker, wouldn't it? Nicest yeah. man in brewing. Bring back Bipper. It would have to be with him. But yes, the first thing I've written down on my notes is definitely a West Coast IPA. But then I've gone with question mark, question mark, question mark. Who would you do it with, though, Steve? Um, I'll, I'll tell you what. Two, I'll ask it as a two. So a realistic option. Okay. And a fantasy answer. Okay. Realistic option. I, I think the best chance of that ever happening would actually be with, with Andy at Elusive, um, because obviously we are very good friends with Andy. Um, I have brewed with him before. We did a, we did a beer o'clock show collab for the very last beer o'clock show live event. Yes. It was a version of Starship Fleet, which, which ended up having our branding on it as, as well. Um, so, so I think realistically, the, the door may be open there for us to do a, a collab with Andy. 
and uh, following his massive success with Oregon Trail, I, I would really love to do like a double version of that with yeah, Andy. Yeah, yeah. That would, that, no, that would, be a, that would be a good experience. And also, I think we'd learn a lot from Andy as well. Yes, yeah. So I noticed that um, Sean Uncrulio spent a day brewing with him as well. He did, recently. Yeah. yeah, mostly digging out the mash tun. Yeah, but Sean must have loved that. Come on, I mean, he's a very keen home brewer. He loves all the science behind it. He would have had a whale of a time there that day. Yeah. As you and I are going to go, can we taste it? Can we taste it? Yeah, is it ready yet? <laughs> Why isn't it ready yet? <laughs> Why does it taste like beer yet? What do you mean I can't put more hops in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it would definitely be a West Coast IPA. What would be, what would be your fantasy answer? Um, I... Uh... It's probably not going to come as a surprise. It'd be Sierra Nevada. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I would love to do a collab beer with Sierra Nevada. Uh, however, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Uh, that that that's a massive fantasy one. I, I think if if you're maybe talking a UK realistic fant- fantasy, um, I'd quite like to do something with Thornbridge. Um, I, I would love to do something with Thornbridge. I mean, we've met the guys previously, anyway, um, not just through Peak End, but other occasions. Um, I would, uh, I, yeah, I would love to do something. The thing with Andy, whether it be a black IPA or an amped up version of the Oregon Trail, I think would be an awesome experience. Something with Formbridge, I think, if we could do it at uh, maybe even at the hall as well, because they still have the kit there. I think there'd be something quite special about that. Um, and if we're talking the completely out there kind of one, probably I'd reference the people we talked about earlier, we mentioned earlier, Cigar City. Um, given that they have collabed with Thornbridge as well, uh, with a, a Jaipur highlight, you know, version. I, I wouldn't mind doing something with, with Cigar City, and especially after hearing your experience at their tap room as well. So, yeah, but it could only be an IPA. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it would only ever be an IPA for us, wouldn't it? Let's, yeah, and I can't imagine any of our followers, it, unless they were just literally trolling us and wanted us to do a Nipah or you doing a sour, for example. I can't imagine anyone's going to go for anything else other than the letters I, P and A. Well, I'd, I'd be keen to hear what people think. So, so, so let us know who you'd like us to brew with um, and what you'd like us to brew. As, oh, the as, other people as well. I wouldn't mind doing um, with Brew York. Um, but whether the brewery team want to work with us would be another matter, having been forced to listen to us, though. I was going to say Brew York as well, actually, to, to see what we could do with flavours. Yeah. And what because, we could end up coming up with. Because they're used to the flavours, like the, the gooseberry and the goose willis, for example, the blueberry muffin beer that you had. I think you, if you weren't going to do necessarily the IPA, because I think it'd be really hard to top their big eagle anyway, um, and you want to do something a bit more out there with the flavours profiles that they've created, and maybe even give us a little bit of a chance to maybe name the beer as well, play with the names, and hopefully not get in, and hopefully not get in trouble as well. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. I would be so, all over that. So, yeah. so, so we uh, want to do a really flavoursome, it's got to be an imperial stout with Brew York, with, yeah. with, with a ridiculous name as, yes. as, as well. Yeah, that, that, that would be the one with Brew York. Uh, we've got the Bipper and the West Coast with Elusive, and then we've got maybe a Thornbridge. Well, we're going to be busy, aren't we? We are going to be very busy. They're not only are you going to have to listen to us everywhere, you're going to be having to drink our collab beers <laughs> everywhere as well. With our faces on it as well. Yeah, that might just be too much for, for some people. A step too fast. Yeah. 
that's yeah. it. That would be a jump the shark moment, I think, Steve. For sure. For, for, for sure. Uh, great question, though. Brilliant, brilliant questions this week. And if, if, as our listeners, if you do have any other questions, just continue to use that hashtag opinions and, and we'll, we'll make sure they get on the show and we'll do our best to answer them as, as well. Final thoughts on the Wiper and True Milkshake Milk Stout. As much as I love the Hells, I'm really enjoying the Milk Stout, I have to admit. I think, I, like a lot of people, I do prefer dark chocolate generally. But there is a, a bit of subtlety about milk chocolate sometimes. And this feels like, and this isn't, again, in any way being disparaging, it feels like general type of milk chocolate, doesn't it? Like, mm. Whether it be milk chocolate on a digestive or dairy milk, that kind, it feels like the accessible milk chocolate. Um, and they've blended it so well, they've balanced it out so well. It's not cloying, it's not sticky. It's not trying to be uh, a lactose, eight, nine percent thick, full bodied beer. It's just really well balanced. And even though it's in a 440 can, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a beer, which I'm, I'm pretty much finished the can anyway, but it doesn't feel like a beer I'd struggle with. Oh, totally agree. And, and I literally have nothing more to, to, to say than, than what you've, you've done. You've, you've summed that up perfectly. Um, I would be quite happy to open a second can of this. Uh, straight after this one and, and, yeah. and enjoy another one. Yeah, it's, um, like I said, I think, you know, we, I think we spoke about it before and I may even have mentioned them and this was before we, they got in touch with us. They are a bit of an under-radar brewery. Oh, totally, yeah. But I think they are very accomplished with what they do. Um, and although we've spoken about everyone going to 440 cans, I mean, we may as well just accept it. 440 cans are the thing for a lot of people. Um, that very distinctive style they have with the gold picture on the front has stayed. And it does look, it, that can does stand out as a wiper and true product as well. So thanks again for them, to them sending us the beers. Absolutely. Yeah. Really, really, really grateful for that. Steve, I have no idea what we're doing next. What is the next? What have we got lined up? I've got no idea. I've got a blank. You, you should have, mate, because it's our fourth birthday oh next, next week. Of course it is. <laughs> Four years. Four, four years of the um, Opinions show. We will be celebrating that uh, next week. We will be drinking a beer that we suggested we might do for our fourth birthday back on episode 120 when we had Johnny Tyson on. We're going to be drinking Obadiah Poundage by Goose Island, which I think is a collab with Wimbledon Brewery. Is, yeah. Is, is it? Yes, I um, think so. So we'll be drinking that and... In, in our style, we'll also be drinking something else big and ridiculous as, as well, uh, which we'll be choosing from our own cellars. Well, no, strictly speaking, Michelle will allow me a beer from the cellar, but she doesn't mind me having, just to be quite clear on it. But yes, it'll be ridiculous beer. Have we got a guest drinker, Steve? We have. We will be joined um, by Stephen Carter from the Points of Brew podcast. Uh, he's going to join us for our fourth birthday and he's going to chat about everything that he does with his own podcast as, as well. So really, really looking forward to that show next week. Definitely. Great name for a podcast, Points of Brew as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really clever. Yeah. I mean, it may, you know, for a few people, maybe a little bit of a dating there with the uh, old Points of View program. But yeah, really looking forward to, to, to meeting him. I'm really looking forward to next week's show. Uh, it should be a lot of fun as always. I do, I do enjoy it when we're joined by guests. Um, so without further ado, all that's left to say is cheers. Cheers. Son of a bitch!